whole premise of me going completely vegan, it had nothing to do with health, it had nothing to do with performance, it had everything to do with how I didn't want to contribute to pain and suffering for another living being. That was simply it. I couldn't sit there and be okay with myself knowing that I had paid someone else to induce suffering and discomfort and frustration and pain to another living being that I believe if I can do on a daily basis all the things and more that I want to do in terms of racing, in terms of competing, in terms of training, in terms of getting out of bed feeling vibrant and healthy and happy and doing all the things and having zero restrictions to what I did before with causing a little bit less suffering. Why would I not want to do that? What the hell is up, you guys? Today, I have James Newberry on the podcast. He's an award-winning athlete. He's going to talk all about his routines, how he builds muscle on a plant-based diet, how he even went vegan, what it's like being a vegan and also a man and what it's like being in that space. So without further ado, James, welcome and thank you for coming on the podcast. G'day, g'day. Thanks so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this one immensely. So thanks a lot for asking me to come on. It only took us about 20 minutes to figure out how to work technology, you guys, but Uh, we made it happen. (laughs) We did. We did. (laughs) Yes. And also, thank you so much for getting up so early because you're in Australia. So you're literally in the next day and it's what, 7 a.m.? Yeah, it's pretty close to 8 a.m. now, but um, I'm an early riser anyway. So this is kind of perfect. I'm kind of getting out of bed around 20 past four in the morning, most mornings. So it's fine. Wow. So do you hit the gym? What's like a day like for you? So yeah, first thing I do when I get up, um, just because I live here on the Gold Coast and it is absolutely beautiful. It's stunning. I can actually, I'll give you a little bit of a look um, in a second of what the view looks like from here, but the beaches are beautiful. And by this time of the morning, the sun's been up since mm, roughly six and then it goes earlier and earlier and earlier. You start to see a bit of crack of light by about 4.40 in the morning during peak summer. So you're kind of wanting to get out of bed early. And the first thing I do, yeah, I go to the gym. I do 5.30 class at the local CrossFit gym. And then I usually get stuck into some work. So yeah, I'm I'm up and at it pretty early. Look at you. It's hard to get out of bed sometimes, especially in the winter. I mean, this morning, I will say I was up at 5.30, which is unlike me. And my friend and I went to the beach and we took a few sunrise photos. So that was um, that was a big deal. So I applaud you for getting up so early all the time. It's it's interesting because the Gold Coast, I've lived in places before that the mornings are very cold and living here on the Gold Coast, it almost draws you out of bed before five every day. Um, that's kind of a lot of people are, uh, are kicking around going for runs and things like before 5am pretty much every morning here. And I think it's just due to the geographical location here is fantastic. You've got great weather all year round, nine to 10 months of the year are like pristine. And you probably only have eight weeks of winter, which is actually quite good weather still anyway. Oh, that's awesome. So for those people that don't know who you are, why don't you just give us a little introduction and tell us what you're up to these days? Sure. So my name's James Newbury. I'm 32 years old. I have spent the last 12 years competing as a, a professional CrossFit athlete. So traveling around the world, competing in different CrossFit events, and also participating in random physical activities like Ironman triathlon, marathons, strongman competitions, powerlifting, um, ocean swimming, uh, anything I can really 
test myself physically and mentally uh, to, you know, try something new. I do everything these days for the experience. It's all about trying something new, banking cool memories, um, and also putting myself in a situation that I may not have been in before just to draw upon more experience for something down the track. It's all about testing, testing my limits, but also giving myself opportunity to rise to an occasion or show myself what I'm capable of. Uh, plus, I also make a ton of cool friends whilst I'm doing it. So I love meeting people. And it's just a really cool opportunity to go, to go meet some like-minded people that like testing themselves. And you usually find some common ground and ha have great conversations. And that produces great men memories. And you also get to connect with someone on a bit of a different level. You know, you can you can go out and you can have a dinner with someone or you can have a lunch with someone or you, you know, you can you can catch up in a business setting. But when you go and throw down or you go to a 10-hour Ironman or you go and do a, a CrossFit competition or a high rocks race and you get to meet people, they've gone through the same thing as you, which is usually a pretty hard task. So you can kind of bond over it and it's an exhilarating thing to do. So I have spent, yeah, the last 12 years doing CrossFit. Prior to that, I played rugby league, um, played a decent level, semi-professional rugby league. Um, was always into surfing, beach sports. Um, I did surf lifesaving for a few years there as well. And then I also played touch footy. I love touch football. And um, yeah, pretty much whatever I can get my hands on track and field. Love it. I, I kind of like to do all the things that you did as a kid, but still do them as an adult. <laughs> oh, that's that's the best. I mean, people look up to you. You are a huge inspiration to so many people. And also what you bring to the space is you're plant-based. So I want to talk a little bit about what fuels you, what keeps you motivated, and how do you do what you do every single day? Yeah, totally. That's a, a common question that I get asked all the time. I actually was in Sydney uh, two days ago running a weightlifting clinic, and uh, the question that popped up was, hey, we saw on your socials that you're plant-based, and we saw that you just raced high rocks. Two weeks ago, you did a CrossFit competition. The week before that, you did another high rocks race. The week before that, you were doing a weightlifting comp. Like, what's the go? And I was just like, look, it it's, it's doable. You're basically just, you're taking what you've learned for the last 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, and you're retraining yourself just to look at things from a different perspective. It's very hard to tell someone that, Hey, for the last 20 years, you've been doing this one thing. I want you to change overnight to this new thing. That's a, that's a big pill to swallow. Uh, for me, um, I'm a very much like a, yes, let's go. And I can do that. And that's what I enjoy doing. Like if someone says to me, Hey, two weeks time, we're going to run a marathon. Let's go. I'll be like, okay, cool. Let's go do that. But for a lot of people, it's just retraining where you get your protein from what your plate looks like these days. So back in the day when I was eating an omnivore diet, you would have, you'd have your protein section, you'd have your carb section, you'd have your fat section. You'd probably have some veggies, which is a bit of fiber, a bit of carbohydrates, but your, your micronutrients, the principles are the same, but you're just looking at what are the higher protein, uh, what are the higher protein foods that you would get in a plant-based diet? So like most people in the plant-based space would know, but this is for the people that may not be so familiar with it. You're getting lots more protein out of things like tempeh, tofu, legumes, nuts, seeds, beans, and then also things like um your protein powder as well, um, which I was doing prior to this anyway. It is a bit of a top up. So for me, it's about figuring out new recipes, things that I like to eat, things that are going to inspire me to eat healthily. Um, but then adding in those, um, adding adding in those extra things like the tofu and tempeh. So for the most part, what I look to do to simplify this for the everyday person and even the people that want to compete at a high level in any sport is look for variety. 
when we're combining plant proteins together, so things that have a higher bias towards protein rather than the other macronutrients, carbohydrates and fats, you're looking to combine multiples. So just say if you're looking at a, a chicken breast, you probably are not combining chicken breast and beef together in your meal. When you're looking at plant proteins, it's good to combine maybe your your black beans and your tempeh together because then you're combining a ratio of amino acids from two different sources and you're bulking out the amino acid profile. That's basically the tricky part of honing your protein on a plant-based diet is combining different proteins together or different protein sources together to get a really good variety of amino acids and especially your branch chain amino acids and your nine essential amino acids. So it's just about taking, you know, two weeks, a month, depends how much you want to learn and how quick you want to learn it of what sources of protein you're getting from black beans and, um, and tempeh, tofu, your protein powder, and mixing it all together and finding what you like. So that's what I kind of do. This also has a lot to do with like, what are your goals? So for somebody like you, you're really trying to build muscle. You are a bigger, bigger guy. So your protein needs are going to be different than mine. And also people can go to your link tree. If they go follow you on Instagram at James Newberry, you can actually find on his link tree. You guys, there is a ebook that has different, um, vegan high protein meals. So it's, you know, nobody's really ever died of a protein deficiency either, unless you're just not eating, So in terms of like, if your goals are to put on more weight and to bulk up, like this is definitely something you would want to look into and follow. So why did you decide to go plant-based to begin with? The whole premise of me going completely vegan, it had nothing to do with health. It had nothing to do with performance. It had everything to do with how I didn't want to contribute to pain and suffering for another living being. That was simply it. I couldn't sit there and be okay with myself knowing that I had paid someone else to induce suffering and discomfort and frustration and pain and a life that is, you know, utterly miserable to another living being that I believe is completely unnecessary. If I can, and the way that I like to think about this is if I can do on a daily basis all the things and more that I want to do in terms of racing, in terms of competing, in terms of training, in terms of getting out of bed, feeling vibrant and healthy and happy and doing all the things and having zero restrictions to what I did before with causing a little bit less suffering. Why would I not want to do that? That's it. Simple, plain and simple. It's not like, it's not like you're going through a, a huge drastic change that is going to impact your life to the degree of, oh, well, now that I'm vegan, I'm going to be so lacking in energy that I can't go for my daily run. I'm so lacking in energy or lacking in protein or lacking in vitamins and minerals. I can't go do the race in two months time that all my friends are doing. It's not like all your friends are getting tickets to all these cool things and you miss out because you're vegan. You can do everything you want to do. You can, you can, Not only can you do all the things you want to do, you're actually going to thrive and you're going to enjoy it as well because typically what happens when you switch to a plant-based diet, you're getting in tons of vitamins and minerals you probably weren't getting before because you're broadening your horizon and your net of colors and fruits and vegetables and plant food that you wouldn't be getting before. So you're topping up on fibers, great for your gut microbiome. You're also getting in lots of trace minerals that you probably weren't getting before. And you're also decreasing the amount of things that are probably fed to the animals that you probably don't want in your system anyway. And if you are 
purchasing your produce from local organic fresh markets, you know, over the weekend, you're probably minimizing the amount of exposure to pesticides and herbicides and all the other things that you potentially are getting from the local supermarket. So not only is it, not only can you do all the things you want to do, you're also creating less suffering for another living being that, you know, feels pain and feels love and feels sadness and feels scared, but you're also probably giving yourself an extra kick to boost cellular health, longevity, gut health, and overall happiness. It's absolutely not a sacrifice. And I think you said it all right there. You guys, I I love this man. I mean, seriously, it is. it sounds like such a simple concept. And when you break it down like that, when you're like, oh, okay, well, I can get all the essential nutrients that I need and I can cause less suffering. I'm not really missing out on anything from taste to texture. There's amazing plant-based options, especially now in 2023. It's like, why wouldn't I? And I think it goes back to being caught up in this, these cultures, these traditions, this really twisted way of thinking that, oh, you need milk to build strong bones or meat is protein. And also, especially in the the dude man scene that you have going on there, especially in the athletic world, people have this idea that soy is bad for you and that it causes man boobs. They have this idea that meat is manly. What would you say about that? Well, the funny thing about this, and this does pop up in my close uh, friendship circles regularly, what I like to do, and I'm not super outspoken about this on my socials, the way that I like to do it, and I think this comes across and it probably, it can touch more people in a more subtle way, is I just go to races and I throw down hard. That's pretty much it. I just put it on display. So instead of going out there and saying, hey, you need to do this or this would be good for you. I'd rather just go out there and do the race or do the lift or do the competition or the meet and do reasonably well. And then that's pretty much kind of proof is in the pudding is that, you know, at the end of the day, pretty much every expert, especially in the protein scene, for a lot of people, it's protein. They just think you're going to be less, you're going to be deficient in protein or you're not getting as good a quality of protein. And I think when we talk about quality of protein, we're looking at amino acid profiling and ratios of amino acids. Just by combining two or three proteins together, so some quinoa, some black beans, and some tempeh, you're getting a great amino acid profile. And at the end of the day, for what I typically recommend to people as a guide, if you are doing some physical activity on a daily basis, 1.2 grams to 2.0 grams of protein per kilo of lean body mass or ideal goal weight is going to hit the mark. And some days I'll be at the lower end of that. If, you know, I'm super busy and I'm out doing a ton of stuff, I'll be at, you know, 1.3 or 1.4. But then if I know that I've got lots of training coming up and events coming up, I'll be at the upper end at 2 to 2.2 grams of kilo of lean body mass. And that's pretty much it. And you're hitting those marks. And again, nobody's diet is perfect. You don't have to go for perfection on a daily basis. If you are under by 10 grams on one day, and then you're over by 10 grams on the next day, it is not the end of the world. And these subtle little uh, discrepancies are what sometimes can rock the boat for a lot of people. But this is one thing that I would like to um, put out there as much as possible, especially I've noticed this in the last 12 months, is that one of the largest contributors to performing well, not only in, in business relationships and sport, is mindset. Like your mind, and, and you hear it all the time. It's not so much just okay, guys, get a good mindset. It's be happy. If you're in a happy place, I guarantee you'll do so much better. I've done recently, I've done some of my all-time record lifts, like heaviest squat, heaviest press, 
heaviest deadlift all in the space of the last three months. I've been plant-based for four years now, completely vegan for four years. And for the last two years, I have not followed a strength, a, a, a periodized progressive overload strength program. I've just hit them because the only thing I can put it down to is I eat well, I eat a variety of food and I'm super happy. And that is it. And you're not putting suffering and violence into your body. And so you're thriving. I mean, it it really is, for me at least, it was a benefits that I didn't even know I could experience. You know, everything from better sleep, better digestion, clearer skin. Uh, animals are not a reservoir of nutrients. They are just there is protein in meat-based products, but it doesn't mean that you can't get that in in plant-based protein be- because protein actually comes from plants. It's it's amino acids. So the animals once ate a vegan diet and then you're just going directly to the nutrients. And people often forget that a lot of those animals are supplemented with B12 themselves. And they're also supplemented with a lot of different antibiotics and which also goes into your body. So what were some of the benefits that you experienced after being vegan for four years? So I think probably the biggest thing that I I noticed in myself, I probably would have to put it down to sleep. I think sleep is something that I've honed, but I also, I said this in the beginning and I'll, and I'll continue saying it because I don't feel I, whilst I ate a broad diet prior to going completely vegan and plant-based, I was aware of the benefits of antioxidants and colorful pigments and spices and, and berries and eating all these things already. So for me, it wasn't the, the drastic, the most dr- drastic of changes was taking the chicken off the plate or the beef off the plate and putting tofu or tempeh or something else on the plate instead. I didn't go from being sick and unhealthy to feeling absolutely superhuman the next day. So for me, I don't feel much better or much worse. I feel pretty much in the middle. But what I could say to that is for someone that is eating a very highly processed diet that basically comes out of a packet every single time, you will experience drastic changes, not only from gut and intestinal health, you will sleep better. Again, your skin will be clearer. You're giving your gut microbiome all these cool compounds that they're going to need to ferment and produce great short chain fatty acids and antioxidants and vitamins and complete the amino acid profiles too. We can even create branch chain amino acids in the gut given the right nutrients and the right ingredients that are going in there. And the easiest way I like to explain this for most people is I felt much better along the journey by introducing three things. The three things that I introduced was mushrooms on a daily basis. So eating a variety of mushrooms. The second one was introducing fermented food on a daily basis, whether that's tempeh, kimchi, sauerkraut, a fermented coconut yogurt. That was another amazing thing. So something fermented on a daily basis. The other thing that I like to introduce on a daily basis as well in as much variety as I can is sprouts. So if you were to add those three combinations of things to your your carbohydrate sources, your fat sources, your protein sources, which all have a variation of a multitude of those macros just in different ratios and biases, but you add those three things to that, that was probably the biggest thing that I felt like, okay, I'm kind of bouncing out of bed a little bit more. I'm ready to get after Mm. it. Those three things factors and i'll put a fourth in there as well natural spring water was like game changer too so i haven't drunk tap water for mm, 
12 years or thereabouts. Wow. Natural spring water, um, keep it clean. Um, add a bit of Celtic sea salt to on your tongue before you drink your water each time you go for a glass. And then you're getting in your your trace minerals as well on top of if you're if you're buying from an organic market um, that doesn't spray, then you're also getting as much nutrients as possible. And for a lot of people, when they transition, I would recommend that when you transition and you start eating more green food like the kale and spinach and the like, then just cook it just a touch, like give it a little searing in the pan. It sits on the guts a little bit better. It's easier to break down and it unlocks some nutrients as well. And it's not just about eating raw stuff all the time. Give it a little bit of searing. Don't overcook it. But a little bit of searing helps you to digest it a little bit better as well. So that will help a ton. Absolutely. These are really, really good tips and very unique. I actually haven't heard any of these four tips. So that I'm going to try some of them as well. And I love mushrooms as well. I think that they are so underrated. And if you guys haven't tried oyster mushrooms or King trumpet mushrooms, you're in for a treat. Okay. Because those are top notch. I usually do like a, a vegan scallops with the King trumpet mushrooms. They just have such like a amazing texture and they're very meaty, but not in like a gross way. <laughs> so those are great tips. And I find that some people, what ends up happening is, is if they're eating highly processed foods and they're on some type of diet that is just super um, unhealthy, oily, greasy, and then they automatically transition to a plant-based diet, the plant-based foods sit differently in their stomachs. And sometimes they experience pain or uh, gas and bloating. And I, it's almost like a detox. What would you say to that? So the, I think the thing that we are starting to understand is that the gut microbiome, so essentially this is the way that we like to look at it, is that our DNA, so our DNA, our genetic makeup, we have roughly 20 to 25,000 genes that make up our human genome. Our gut microbiome contributes 3.3 million genes to that pool to make us this superhuman thing that we are. In comparatively to a rice plant, a rice plant has anywhere from 30,000 to 50,000 genes on average. So technically, they have more genetic potential than us. The reason that we are this being that we are, this superhuman being, is our gut microbiome contributes all these different genes to our pool. Now, what happens on a daily basis is our gut microbiome reacts to the things that we eat. And the more variety of food and the more variety of plant food that we contribute to the gut microbiome, we're creating diversity. And typically what happens when you're eating a particular way for say 20 years, your gut microbiome becomes, I guess you could call it hungry for the same foods over and over again, because those species of bacteria are constantly feeding on the fatty food or the processed food and they become the most prominent species in the gut. So when you get a hunger craving for that unhealthy cheeseburger, then that's those gut microbes saying we need to be fed. And then when you go off that, they're sitting there starving and they're sending chemical signals to the brain to say, we need it, we need it, we need it. And what happens over the course of say two to three weeks, is there a die-off period? If you change your diet completely, there's a die-off period. And that usually that usually creates a little bit a little bit of discomfort. You're starting to add foods like kale and spinach and kimchi and all these things into the gut microbiome that may not be getting processed as well because the gut microbes and the enzymes that you've built up over such a long period of time have not yet adjusted to breaking all of that matter down yet, but they will. It just takes time for those enzymes to be built, those gut microbe species to be created and those ecosystems to flourish. 
So it just takes time. So a really good way of doing it, if you're not eating a, a wide variety of plant food as it sits now and you do want to transition to that, do it slowly in little bits, bite-sized pieces. So then your gut microbiome can slowly get adjusted and the discomfort isn't so high. That's probably the easiest way to do it. If you're already, let's just say you're eating um, animal-based foods as it stands now, but you're eating a ton of great leafy greens, nuts and seeds and berries and whole grains and whatever it may be, the transition will be easier for you because you're probably supplying a wide variety of all these compounds to the gut microbes as it stands. You're just going to be transitioning out the meat-based products for the plant-based um, high-protein products. And that's pretty much all you're going to be doing. Um, so yeah, things and the gut microbiome can change in a 24-hour period. Uh, it's It's pretty unique and it's pretty fascinating, but what you'll be doing is you'll be supplying things like polysaccharides and polyphenols and flavones and all these things to the gut microbiome space. And then you're, you're giving yourself the best opportunity to create the widest variety of cool compounds like short chain fatty acids and then the rest of it, you know, the enzymes, the antioxidants, the organic acids that go to decreasing inflammation, helping the gut lining stay intact, and also decreasing autoimmune, um, autoimmune diseases that kind of pop up when we're constantly in that fight or flight or your immune system is heightened because we're supplying things that are like poisons into the bloodstream. So essentially what I'll say is make the transition slowly, add in little bits and pieces every week, and a really easy way to do it is just right on your on your fridge or wherever you have uh, you know a shopping list. Put twenty plant foods on that shopping list, and each one of those plant foods you're going to consume that week. Once you're doing that on a regular basis, up it to twenty five, then go to thirty. Thirty is a sweet spot for most people, but if you can do forty different types of plant foods, one of those foods you might do once a week, and one of those foods you might love and do ten times a week. But forty different types of plant food per week is like crushing it in ultimate, but 30 at a minimum, and you're going to be doing really well. And I think it's also important to note too, that on a vegan diet, you can eat in all sorts of ways. So there's certain vegans that, you know, follow a plant-based diet that are eating Oreos and potato chips all day. And then there's also vegans like you and I, me most of the time that are eating whole foods, plant-based, lots of varieties, nuts, seeds, legumes, lots of seasonal vegetables, fruits. I really, really love fruits. And recently I just started learning about parasites and yeah. how a lot of people actually have parasites in their gut and in their bodies and meat and, and fish and have tons of bacteria and, and parasites in them. It's like literally playing Russian roulette with your health. And people have these parasites in their gut lining and they wonder why their, their stomach gets upset or why they experience extreme bloating. And the parasites are quite literally destroying the gut. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I think once we get to the point where, you know, mainstream here, more education around, you know, why eating the foods with the really dense and dark pigments, things like, you know, dragon fruit and blueberries and raspberries, things that have really pungent colors and flavors and smells, why they're so good for the gut microbiome is because you're adding in things like polyphenols. They're going to keep the bacteria that is not so ideal at bay. They're like little poisons and little testers. It's a hormetic effect and they're killing off the bacteria that are overpowering and they're keeping balance inside the gut microbiome rather than having an overpowering set of species that, you know, might be taking up all the space for nothing else to thrive. And then you're just limiting the amount of compounds and chemicals that the body needs to rely on to keep itself healthy. It, it, let's just say that you've got, 
Let's say you start out as a baby with a thousand species of gut bacteria. And over the course of the first 10 years of your life, you're, you know, you're completely consumed by antibiotics because of certain things that are going on in, in the ecosystem or your surroundings. And you whittle down those gut bacteria all the way down to a hundred species. You have 10 times less species. Now, those species of gut gut bugs that you have, those microbes, you can only produce what those 100 gut species can produce. And it might be a limited amount of short chain fatty acids and a limited amount of antioxidants and enzymes. And then you're stuck in this rock in a hard place where your, your body needs particular things, but doesn't have the bacteria to do it. So the best way to replenish that is by eating a wide variety of plant foods. And that's going to help replenish that bacteria species. And hopefully they grow and create an ecosystem and they thrive and create a new colony. Um, and that's the best way. And so far, that's the best way that we've seen to do it. And by doing that, lots of fragrant, colorful plant food. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And like, not for nothing, guys, but your digestion is better. It will become better. I'm, you know, your bowel movements won't smell as bad. <laughs> like, you know, when I'm around meat eaters and somebody farts, it's, it's like, you literally have to put on like a gas yeah. mask. You're like, this is horrible. <laughs> Where yeah, as yeah. like, I'm sorry, but like as a vegan, it's, I don't know about you, but it's really not bad. Yeah, well, I I really, to be honest, I haven't worn deodorant in about ten years. I know me either. I don't wear deodorant either. I don't smell through my pores. And there's actually, if you look up, there's a chemical in leafy, or not chemical, but there's something in leafy greens that actually helps to prevent that odor from coming out because that odor is just bacteria under your arms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I think for the most part, if people were to, you know go back and and try and figure out why they why they do want to eat the 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 meat products and the the animal products and try and have a really good hard think it's like i think you have to remove yourself from the picture take yourself outside the frame take a look at why you're doing it what is the reason behind it and you know and try and think of a good reason because at the end of the day you'll always come back around to that reason is not good enough like if it's building protein there are other options that are just as good if it's taste does your taste mean more than another animal's life and suffering and not just the life but more so the suffering that the animal has to go through to get to that point and you know and if it's not that if it's just to be more manly yeah i beg to differ like it it's not eating meat is not a it's not a manly trait and if you really believe it is you need to have a good hard think about why you believe that's the case and if it's a good enough reason and and you'll probably always come back around to the start. And if you're talking with someone who's articulate in the space and who understands the psychology behind it, you'll always come back around. It's not a good enough reason. Yeah. And they should seriously look into toxic masculinity and the issues and the insecurities going on there. But I guess just walk us through a breakfast, lunch and dinner uh, and, and what would a daily day look like of eating for you? Sure. So in the morning, I'd roughly do yeah, on a regular basis, a bowl of oats. I would usually mix in some protein powder with the oats. Um, and then I would top it with as much variety and color of berries and fruits as I possibly can. So things like dates, I love dates. Mm-hmm. Typically when I like run like endurance races, I'll just load my pockets full of dates or date paste and create my own, just blend it all up. So dates, I will do some walnuts, some pecans, blueberries and raspberries. Raspberries is my favorite berry of all. So 
I'll put them on. And then every day I'll do a bit of a rotation. So the next day, instead of doing um, walnuts and pecans, I might do Brazil nuts and almonds. And then instead of blueberries and raspberries, I might do goji berries instead. And instead of doing, you know, my dates, I might do banana or kiwi on top of that. So that's like a, a typical bowl. And then I'm getting in good carbohydrates from my oats and my um, berries and my fruits. I'm also getting in good protein from the nuts and the protein powder. Um, and then you can top it up with as much variety of colors. So you're getting in lots of antioxidants as well. So you're getting in fat from the nuts as well, but you're also getting in carbohydrates, protein, fats, and a ton of antioxidants. And kiwis are fantastic for the gut like most other fruit too. So that would be a breakfast. Mm. Then if we move to a lunch, um, I've been having an amazing, they call it Haveros. It's like a Haveros uh, wrap, but essentially what it is is a um, a tofu wrap with basically greens on top, micro greens on top, so sprouts, but they mix in between like black beans and pinto beans and other bits and pieces. It's almost like a Mexican wrap. Huevos Rancheros. <laughs> that's that's how we say it. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. It's freaking awesome. So I've been having that on a regular basis for like a lunch. So that's like a... a, a you're getting your your protein from the the beans and the tofu. You're getting your microgreens on top. You're also mixing in a bunch of other things underneath and then getting a corn tortilla wrap that goes around it. So a bit of carbohydrates there. But in each one of those two meals, just for instance, you're probably getting a variety of close to 30 different plant foods just there in those two meals. Like it's yeah. so easy to do. And then for like a dinner, um, I've been hooked on um, basically like a vegan poke bowl. So basically uh, rice noodles at the bottom or just rice at the bottom. And then you're just putting on top tempeh. Uh, and then inside of all of that, you've got things like uh, sour. I always put sauerkraut or kimchi on top of that. And then you're mixing in lots of different colors. So you're putting in onions, you're putting in mushrooms, you're putting in um, uh, capsicum and you're putting in some cherry tomatoes. So something like that would be a good bulk out of micronutrients, protein, carbohydrates, and then if you wanted to drizzle something on top, you put a bit of tahini on top, which is blended up sesame seeds, and you're getting in some really good omegas, plus you're getting in some really good fat, like other fats. And then if you really wanted to make it even cooler again, you could add in, you know, a um, to make it a bit of a cheesier blend, you could add in some... Um, uh, nooch. Uh, nooch. You could add in some nooch, or you could also add in some like hemp seeds or something like that to get a bit of a, bit of a better omega ratio. So oh, that's so kind good. of breakfast, lunch, and dinner essentially, but I'm also a huge smoothie lover too. Mm. So I have my smoothies in between. So I'm doing like 500 mils or half a liter of coconut water, a little bit of creatine, a little bit of um, uh, protein powder in that, a bit of maple syrup. So organic dark maple. So you're getting in great antioxidant carbohydrates um, and then adding in whatever is, you know, whatever tickles your fancy, dragon fruit, um, frozen bananas, and just blend it all up and you're getting in great electrolytes. You're getting in great, um, vitamins, minerals, protein, mm -hmm. and you can have that throughout the day wherever you like. And if you're looking to get more calories in because you want more energy or you want to build a little bit more, put in some peanut butter and you're yeah. getting in a good amount of a good amount of protein, a good amount of fat and loads of calories. I mean, let thy medicine be thy food and thy food be thy medicine. I might have mixed it up, but you really are showing 
how you can get such a variety. And guys, you can be creative with this. There's, again, not one way of eating. I've had everything from vegan sushi to vegan tacos to vegan shrimp. I mean, really anything and everything. And I think when you keep it less processed, when you keep it whole foods, plant-based, you're going to notice that you're going to thrive and feel really, really good. And James, I wanted to just ask you as we begin to wrap things up, how can somebody that's never tracked their macros before, like how do they start or learn how to do that? Yeah, honestly, the easiest way, like I think a really cool place to, to go just for really easy info is just YouTube it. Um, but go to MyFitnessPal, right. start taking a look on, you know, what foods equal to what. And then you do this for like six months and then you just, you've got MyFitnessPal in your brain and I don't track anymore. I might once every three months, I'll do a track day where I'll track to see what it's looking on an average basis, but I won't look at the macros. I won't look at the calories until the end of the day. So I'm eating intuitively. And then honestly, it always comes out within a percent. It's like, it's, it's fascinating to watch. I'm usually around about 50% carbohydrates, usually around 30% fat, 20% protein. And I feel pretty good there. And that fat and protein will fluctuate between the two. It might be 25, 25, or my protein might go up to 30 and my fat goes down to 20. But carbohydrates usually make up about 50% um, and give or take 5% either side of that for all of those. And again, it does not have to be perfect. But the cool thing about doing this is that you become really intuitive with your own body and what your own body craves and needs and wants. And that is usually an effect of what you are subjecting yourself to on a daily basis. So if I'm lifting weights in the morning and it's a big weight session, I just naturally crave more protein throughout the day. Right. If I go for a run, I'm I'm looking for carbohydrates. If I right. do a CrossFit session, I'm looking for carbohydrates. You know, it's it's kind of, it teaches you to become more in tune with what your body's after and what your body needs. Well, you are so informative. I've learned so much from this podcast episode. And guys, go follow James at James Newbury on Instagram. You can go to his link tree, find his protein powder on there, find his pre-workout, everything that he uses. You also have a YouTube channel and a TikTok. And thank you so much for making the time for us and I really am so inspired by you and thank you for all that you do for the animals and also for people's health I really appreciate it I've had such a blast this has been a mega podcast thank you thank you and so guys you know where to find me I'm at It's Jamie's Corner and until next time we'll see you around bye bye